vampires. Legends about vampires have existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years, because there's something spellbinding about them. Vampires are fascinating, and they come in all shapes and forms. We have the classic bald type, made famous in Murnau's masterpiece Nosferatu from 1922, where a certain Max Schreck scared the living daylights out of moviegoers. In 1979, Werner Herzog did a remake with an equally scary Klaus Kinski. The knife is old and could be dirty. It could give you blood poisoning. Please, let me do it. It's the oldest remedy in the world. Dying is cruelty against the unsuspecting. But death is not everything. It's more cruel not to be able to die. And of course we have the classic suave Hungarian type that Bela Lugosi made immortal, no pun intended, in the classic Todd Browning film from 1931. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. And in the 50s, 60s and 70s, the legendary Christoph Lee version. Then we also have the Salem's Lot variety. Look at me. And we have even seen romantic high school versions with shiny diamond skin and perfect hairdos, made famous by Robert Pattinson in the Twilight films. So that's what you dream about, becoming a monster. But today, we're going to talk about a different kind of vampire. A tall, slender, sinister type of vampire that will be featured in an upcoming game from Bethesda called Redfall. We meet those vampires and some kick-ass vampire hunters in the trailer for the game. A trailer that was produced by Goodbye Kansas Studios. So how was it made? Well, you'll soon find out. Because today, the yellow brick road leads to Redfall. I'm Nils Lagergren and this is Yellow Brick Road, our friendly little podcast about movies, games and VFX. And today we're going to look behind the scenes of the production of the teaser trailer for the upcoming game Redfall from Bethesda. And here to talk vampires and mayhem are three Goodbye Kansas Studios cinematic game trailers stalwarts. Director Emnet Mollegeta, VFX supervisor Henrik Eklund and executive producer Jürgen Lilja. Welcome, guys. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here. Emnet and Henke, you've been with us before here at Yellowbrick Road, but you, Jürgen, haven't. So let's start with a small introduction. How did you find your way into the wonderful world of CG and game trailer making? 
it's a good question. And uh, looking back, that wasn't perhaps the goal. So it wasn't really a straight line for me uh, to end up uh, in uh, animation and CG. Uh, I used to work with uh, live action commercial back in the day. Uh, and then I got the chance to join a VFX company back in 2009 as an executive producer. Uh, and then I started to work with my fellow uh, podcasters in this, uh, Hendrik and Emnet. Um, and we started out with design and VFX and animation. Uh, and then we kind of decided as a group that we wanted to venture into to game trailers. Uh, so we did that. Uh, <laughs> it went pretty fast uh, for our first uh, uh, project. And even if it was a pretty small project, it was for a huge client. So uh, the, my first project was for Battlefield 3, where we did the intro oh. and uh, key art animation. And since then, like uh, I think our goal we set out was that we wanted to win uh, the, e th uh, the E3 uh, convention with the best trailer. And uh, I think we did that a couple of years ago. So With the Cyberpunk trailer? Yeah, best trailer. You produced lots and lots of game trailers over the years. Uh, but, but today we're going to focus on one that was produced not recently, but uh, the other year, actually. It's been waiting to be released and was released earlier this year in June. Let's talk about Redfall. Uh, Jürgen, how did Good Vacances get in contact with the project? How did it start? Um, we had uh we've always had bethesda and uh, akqa which is the, their creative agency on our our hit list and most wanted and i think we've pitched uh, at least one or two trailers uh, per year uh, and didn't really win those pitches so when they reached out the, this time we said like we really need to to win this one because we wanted to work with bethesda and akqa because they they do some uh, really awesome games and IPs. Um, yeah, so we we pitched and and they liked it. Excellent. And Emnet, how did you approach the idea for the trailer? Um, well, there's a few things that I think were interesting when sort of diving into the pitch that we got from you know from the agency on Bethesda. Like, you know, there's an, it was a new IP that was action driven, sort of ensemble pitch, which was fun. Um, we had the world itself, which is this sort of isolated island, you know, filled with vampires and, and uh, you know, their sick events. And then, like, the, the stylized look of the game, you know, which was really exciting to bring to life because we haven't really done that type of stylization before. And, of course, you know, the non-linear narrative, um, which was actually present from the first draft script that we got from AKQA. So, you know, you're always, like, looking for those uh, unique hooks to grab onto um, and sort of explore further. So... You know, these are all the things that we sort of fully embraced when putting together the creative response, you know, in the in the treatment deck. And, you know, luckily they 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 liked it. So mm. here we are. Henrik, as VFX supervisor, you, you've been instrumental in the production of almost all cinematic trailers that Goodbye Cancer Studios has produced through the years. Starting with trailers produced even before the name Good Bad Kansas was <laughs> invented. But, but are you also involved in the pitching process or does your job start when the production starts? I, I hope I am because then it's a lot easier for me to do my job. So <laughs> I usually am. 
Uh, it's just way more easier when you're as informed as possible. When, so you can get as much quality and visual interest as possible without like breaking the budget or something like that. So the earlier you can help out the client, the director and the producers, the more fun we artists can have uh, in producing something really marvelous, mm. basically. Uh, I would say that uh, Henrik and the VFX supervisor usually is pretty instrumental in, in the bidding and the pitching. Um, like there, there's a core team of uh, the director, uh, art director, VFX supervisor and the producer. That's the, kind of the core team uh, together with the executive producer, of course. So the VFX producer is definitely uh, uh, involved in uh Pitching and bidding, uh, if they have the time, they're usually pretty busy as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. Most game trailers that I've seen uh, are, in a sense, following that classic movie trailer format in terms of duration, for example. But but, but this Redfall trailer, it's almost five minutes, uh, so it's plenty of time to fill with awesome content. Uh, is it easier or harder to work in the slightly longer format, Eminent? Um, I'd say both actually. Um, like I, <laughs> I like I love when I get more time to tell a story. You know, you can play with more pacing. You know, all that kind of stuff. And and generally, like I love more slower paced cinematics. Um, you know, when it's appropriate, of course. But production wise, yeah, there's a lot more scenes and a lot more shots to break down and properly sort of consider. So, but even with that, you know, I do love to tell longer stories. So uh, and more sort of character driven pieces. So I'm hoping we can do more of that. Mm. More is more, yeah. always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but no, I agree. And I, and I agree. It's it's. Uh, there's always a challenge to tell a story, even if there's time constraints or not time constraints. Uh, and usually, it comes down to the budget. And in the end, even if you're doing a 30 second uh, uh, trailer, you you need to cut down and kill some of your darlings. And even if you're doing a five minute, you still need to to kind of kill your darlings or some of the darlings in a way, perhaps not as many as if you're doing a 30 second. So. We've talked a lot about the process of producing a full CG game trailer before, but, but every project is unique, of course. So let's walk through the steps of this production. Um, so, so the client liked the pitch and production started. So what were the first steps? Yeah, so, I mean, the idea was in place, right? Um, you know, we, we did get an initial script from the agency, but... The script did change. You know, we we shortened it. We sort of refined the details, uh, especially the the flashbacks and the sort of the flash forwards. So you know, uh, the first thing was just like basically got to work massaging that for pacing and getting the narrative mm. right. Because um, the whole thing, like it's it's centered around a, a broken timeline. So we're jumping, you know, back and forth between events of of this one evening, and you have to sort of treat that right. Because um, otherwise, it can get a bit, you know, jarred, like just disjointed. So actually, the, the approach that, that we went with, like we started with depicting the aftermath of this event, you know, that happened in this corner store, and then jump, and then from there we like we jumped straight into the action scene on the streets uh, outside, which happened earlier that mm. evening, right? Um, and then we jumped back even earlier that night to tell how the whole thing started. So, you know, we sort of basically split the whole narrative into five pieces, and then we bookended that with with uh, you know bookend the whole story with the aftermath pieces. So. And and I think it worked quite nicely. It's like it's always it's always a bit. Um, you always hope that the audience can follow the story when you're doing that way. But I do think you know, it's it's part of like just film language. I think people are just used to broken mm. narratives at this point. So yeah, so, so what, what was yeah. that broken narrative uh, an idea from the very beginning or something that evolved? 
Yeah, it, it was it was part of the uh, beginning, but it was I think it was much more elaborate. It was longer actually the first the script that we got, so we had to like shorten it and mm. refine it, um, and and sort of find these points where we where we did those back you know jumping back and yeah. And I think from from yeah. our side, like the pre production part where we actually like a, a script is uh, it's words and you know you can read them and you get a picture in your mind. I read them, I get another picture. So we usually uh, translate that into a storyboard and then we do some key uh, visuals of the different scenes to find the mood. And then we start with that, we can start to play around with, uh, as you said, the the pacing, the editing. Uh, Should we reverse it? Should we change anything? Uh, just to find that uh, that story arc and make sure that it's it's uh, interesting as well. Hmm. Yeah, like you're saying, a script is a script, and that needs to translate into something viewable and interesting to watch without getting out of scope. Uh, so we always need to come up with like efficient storytelling. Like in in in, uh, we don't want to jump from environment to environment to environment to a new one off to one off to one off. Mm-hmm. Like so. We want to be efficient there uh, with our storytelling, and that's that's part of the pre-production as well to figure out like, can we build this location and use it in multiple situations and stuff, and where is things going to happen so they make sense in world and like, stuff like that. So there was yeah. a lot of uh, drawing on top of uh, an environment we got from them to figure out where will this happen, where will that happen, mm. and stuff like that. And then there's always the the challenge from our side that. Uh, from our side, you know, we have the client that's probably been working with developing a game for one or two or three years, and they know the ins and outs of everything, uh, the characters, what you can do, the locations. And for us to kind of uh, polish the story, we still need to have a really close collaboration with both the creatives and writers at the uh, agency, which came up with the idea, but also with the game developers and the publisher to make sure that we... Uh, don't promise anything in the trailer that you can't do in the game and mm. uh, vice versa if it's something that in the game that they really want to show off how we can incorporate that in the story so it's a it's a really close collaboration uh, with a lot of uh, different stakeholders and interests so yeah but i guess transparency is key to to, to work closely together to be efficient oh for sure and uh, it was funny because because the, the creative from the agency he was swedish as well so, hmm. uh, so that was kind of fun, and I think he wanted. I think they wanted to work with us for a while, especially after Cyberpunk came out. So, it was just fun getting into all the details with um, hmm. with that. It, it's a really rich cast in the trailers. Many characters to get to know, and scary vampires as well. Uh, how did you approach the design of the characters and the vampires? Well, the the character design was set by the game client Orkin Studios, so we just made them into cinematic quality and like added our flavor in terms of details, uh, like how exactly will the hair look and things like that. But it was like a collaborative uh, work together with both AKQA and Orkin Studios, as well as our great artists here, of course, Goodbye Kansas Studios. Yeah, I think there's vampire in this. Really? What does it taste like? Be specific. Like blood and death and strawberry. Sun's coming up. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Sure thing, Edgar Allan Bro. <laughs> That's a good one. Do you think things will ever go back to normal? Would you want to go back to normal? Not if I still have to pay my student loans. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, I think just... The, 
this was a sort of an ensemble piece, which was super fun, right? We haven't really done that in the past. So, and also just the fact that showing these characters, you know, in these games with like diverse backgrounds, you know, that sort of breaks the norm is like so long overdue. So, you know, except that like representation matters, right? It's it's not used to all like Western um, Western style characters that we want to see. So that was really cool. And then I think design wise, you know, like Arcane designed these characters to be to have a really stylistic look, like Henke said. And and like the proportions mm. are very stylized, which is kind of fun. And, and I do think like if you look at the the vampires, like they're very tall and slim, and you know they have these sort of exaggerated arms and and uh, hands. And I think that silhouette works, you know, with with the whole you know stately nature of vampires. Mm. So that was kind of cool. And, and also just um, um, you know um, you know just to, to make that come alive. And I think that that's the kudos to our sort of amazing artist that can actually just translate that into, into 3D. Because we did get some, you know, concept art uh, and it was sort of up to us to sort of just... Like, the angler, for example, was really tricky to get right. Like, it was like uh, the cloth were, like, coming up with this liquid smoke and, like, the hair was sort of on fire and it was very stylized and it was supposed to, you know, be flying in the air. So that was a really tricky one to get right. <laughs> How was the mocap shoot? Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. It was really challenging, you know, because we we ended up casting um, actors from England for the that played the main crew, um, and we re, you know we found some really good talents. And um, you know, two of the actors they they um, playing Legola and Dev, you know, they never done uh, mocap before, so that was kind of fun. You know, just getting someone that that doesn't have the constraints mm. necessarily of of a shoot and ask a bunch of questions, which is fun. Uh, but they were re- they did really well because I mean obviously you're you're acting against nothing really and luckily you know they have they have each other to play off of which is nice um, but then also we did a a stunt shoot prior to this um, you know which we if we can we always do that so that was you know the purpose was blocking out the whole you know action so we can do that in the previous but then also use all the stunts because this was a very sort of stunt heavy shoot obviously so you know we can't have the main talent do that stuff so. And and both of these shoes were actually done prior to the pandemic, mm-hmm. yes, at the start of it. So, you know, we had that luxury of, of having everyone on set, um, which uh, which seems like it seems crazy now. <laughs> you know, you know, Did we actually stuff. meet in the it's, old it's days? Like, no, seriously, like it's it's this this world is going to be you know split you know pre and post Corona in a way. Yeah. You you mentioned the design of the vampires that they're very tall and very slim. Uh, they're extremely tall in Redfall, and in one of the scenes, for example, one of the vampires lifts up one of the hero characters. Uh, when you shoot such a scene in mocap, uh, is the vampire actor on stilts or or a victim? Is he hanging in the wire, or how, how do you do it? Well, yeah. Kind of. We we didn't use stilts, but in the scene, you know, when, when I think that it's Remy, she gets choked by the and lifted by one of these vampires. We actually used a, a stunt cage that we have, so we created a rig that would sort of pull her up um, as as the the actor playing the vampire would mm. would choke her. So you know, we don't have to necessarily choke our our <laughs> our, uh, our stunt woman having her hang, you know, from someone's whole grip. So yeah. Uh, but other than that, no, I mean, we didn't use any stilts really. It was just, um, you know, whenever we had these close interactions, we just had to f- fix it that way. Um, otherwise we didn't have any sort of close, close contact between, um, you know, a shorter and a taller actor. So we didn't need to do that. Where's the other one? Where'd it go? Give me a taste, Let's Bloody hell. <laughs> Take 
and meanwhile, the, the, the previous and mocap shoot stage was going on. Uh, you, you continue to develop and create a world uh, that all this action will take place in, obviously. Um, what, what was the main inspiration for that world, Henke? Well, it's uh, all the great concept art from the game as well as assets from the game were used in order to create the scene where this showdown is happening. As I was saying, mentioning earlier, like we got this street from them or like their entire game basically, and we just figured out the place to to have this showdown basically. And we of course added our own flavors and details to it uh, with our art own art direction and environment team. And we really focused on how to light it really vibrantly with a lot of color. And we love the stylized approach to the trailer, which we haven't done that much before. And you, you started, I mean, you know, I love color and I'm sort of obsessed with lighting. So it was really fun sort of pushing the look. And some of the like references that we had obviously were these sort of, um, you know, super A, um, these sort of, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg films that has a lot of sort of, color and texture even at night and stuff and and also just looking at the world like Henke said I mean we did get um the the, the world from the game but then once you know for that main street we still had to design it because it had to sort of fit our narrative because if you look at the whole thing like it's happening on this tall street long street and we had to just figure out the blocking of everything because we're you know we're moving towards this effigy that's that's the burning thing that, that we see way in the back so everything had to like okay so where is the store you know where's the rooftop so it's funny because I, I went on um, to Google Maps, uh, Google Earth really, and I looked at some of the northwest uh, corner of the US, these little small towns, which, I mean, that's basically the world. What this is. And then I found like actually, actually a, a, um, a sort of a main street that I sort of based it on and then did some drawings with, with Gustav, mm. our art director. Uh, just like, okay, this is the rooftop, this is the place, and then we can sort of figure that out. Um, so it's always fun like using real life references. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I can't remember what, what town it was, Maybe I shouldn't say it, you know, maybe they were royalties now, but uh, it was one of the little small towns. But then if you look at the store it's, itself, we didn't have that design. So that wasn't a part of, of the game necessarily. So that was also something that we had to figure out because we have that one take, one camera move in the beginning. So that also just came down to like, okay, let's just sketch it out real quick and then mm. see if it works. You know, that part is so much fun to do. Um, you know, he's figuring out that yeah. first part. And the timing for all of that, of course, was really crucial. Exactly. Yeah, how big is the store? You know, how long? Yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, how big was the team working on this trailer for, on the Goodbye Kansas side? Um, the size of the team for these kind of trailers are usually pretty extensive. I think uh, at least a hundred plus has been working on it uh, at least one or two or three days. Um, but in general, I think that the core team was a around 40 45 people maybe that worked uh, like the, a longer time through the project um and that's including like freelancers from the mocap shoot it's uh, audio music uh, stunt actors so uh, yeah it it usually adds up pretty quick uh, in these trailers <laughs> uh you mentioned that you managed to do the the mocap shoot just before corona hit but but then Corona did hit and changed the world. Um, so, so so how did the pandemic affect production? Since we like already started and everyone knew sort of where we were going, we had a great translation period into moving to like remote work. And our IT and pipe team were like super fast in you know producing ways for us to get get up and running really fast. So I think it was a pretty smooth period for us actually. 
Mm. I can I can second that. It was like again the team uh, at Guba Kansas just did a insane work. And not only the IT and pipe team, but also the, like the office management team is insanely uh, flexible. Um, but of course, it was like when it hit us, it, it was of course a, a stressful moment when we cons- uh, we had a, probably a week where everyone was like head over heels of, of trying to fix things. But it it in hindsight, it was really smooth. How how long was the production, by the way? I think we had about, uh, including the pre-production, was about eight to nine months. I think. Yeah. Hmm. Just 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 to add to that, uh, yes, it's, it's funny. So like I, uh, since we had to do the ADR uh, dialogue recording with the real actors from the game, like uh, I I uh, had a chance to fl- fly out to LA to record them. And this was, I think, the first week of February hmm. in 2020. Um, so words were getting out. You know, something had happened in Asia. We didn't know what it was. So, you know, I flew there. You know, it was all good, I guess. We did we did the shoot for a week, or did the recording. And then I remember uh, at LAX, there were like, you know, when I flew in, there were some people hmm. with the face masks. But when I flew out, like a week and a half later, there were a bit more, but it still didn't like register what, what had happened. And then we came home and the week after that, we did the shoot bringing mm. in the actors from England, which was like mid-February. And then like at the end of February, beginning of March, everything started to lock down. So, so you know, everything changed basically. So we were right at that cusp of things. You were lucky. Because then, then we had everything in the box. Yeah, we had everything in the box, so to speak, right? So we can just work on it internally. So it was more just figuring it out, like like Hink and, uh, Hink and Jürgen said that, uh, figuring out the logistics. So I'm just happy that we got all the stuff that we needed just before everything happened. We talked about the, there's like a pre-corona and a post-corona world. Uh, will productions of games in Matis like this change? Do, do you think in the future you will once again fly over to LA for, for those shoots or, or will it be more remote? Yeah, I think it'll be more remote. I think, I mean, you know, shoots, what we do, you know, physical shoots we still need to do. But I guess maybe one upside with this is that since we can't bring in talent from overseas, you know, we were looking, we we're scouting more mm. in Sweden, you know, looking, looking for actors, looking for, and I think that um, maybe that's a good thing, you know, because we have to sort of locally source <laughs> talent in a, in a different way. But um, the, the cool thing is that we know that we can do this even with client being remote. You know, I think that's the biggest mm. takeaway. Um, you know, I don't think we're as scared um, not being physically present with with with, with people yeah, we have a lot of cameras on set be... that uh, like remote client can watch and see exactly what we're doing and they get to in, uh, interact with mnet mm. you know in between the sh- uh, shooting so it's it's really efficient mm. yeah that saves money i guess saves the yeah, environment it's you know how very the, environment. fly all over the place well, i think it's yeah. uh, if we look back since we're in Stockholm, Sweden, which is like uh, half around the world from LA and the West Coast, where a lot of our clients are. We're kind of used to do a lot of, like we've been working remotely in some sense uh, through the whole uh, our whole career. But I think that again, uh, when it comes to mocap shoots, it's all about the talent. And you know, if there's an A-list actor, you will probably need to go to LA because they won't move <laughs> because of time schedule and money. Uh, so we're probably going to go back to travel a bit, but, um, as you know, as Emnet and Henrik says, I think it's, uh, it changed a lot. And, uh, right now I think people are, especially clients are more, 
open to doing uh, remote viewings and remote um, grading, whatever. Uh, mm. They don't need to be in suit to do it. So uh, it's definitely going to make a, a few things easier. Mm. So what, what's your favorite part of the trailer? Well, if I start, I kind of like the rooftop sequence, you know, just the sort of action beats of it, you know. And it was fun. It was just fun shooting that as well with all the performances and the stunts. Having having Nilla, one of our actresses, getting dragged all across uh, across the, <laughs> the volume. So, yeah. Come here. You better have a plan, Jacob. Yep. Don't miss. Don't touch me. No, I agree. I think that that and that. Um... The angler's thump thump goes the rabbit hard is one of my kind of it's always it, the first time I, I heard it it kind of gave me a goosebumps so I, yeah and then I just like the mood in general like from the from dust to dawn mood throughout it's uh, it's really appealing to me I, and I love to connect with the characters in our trailers and Leila is my favorite one maybe since I had a lot of fun assisting in like making her come to life with this really interesting hair and like vibrant color schemes. So the close up when she like realizes a vampire has entered the field was definitely like one of my favorite shots. How do we always get into this shit? Mm. And like very well lit. Yeah, I, I love it. I, yeah, I it's agree. beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Those close ups are always good. Good yeah. job, Sala. <laughs> And it was released at the Xbox um, Bethesda Game Showcase. So then finally the world got to see it. How did it feel? I, I, I thought it was amazing. I mean, it was super nice. And, and, and a really fun bonus, I think, was that it, that it got released as the last piece of the showcase. You know, it was sort of like the, the last unveiling, mm. which is kind of cool. And, you know, I got to admit, like, I, I, I did check Twitter and social media straight afterwards, as you do, you know, because you want to see how people receive it. And, uh, you know, apart from just comments on YouTube. Um, and, and it was like people were stoked. And one thing I would say, it's just like it's going back to the whole diversity thing. Like, um, you know, I, I saw people, you know, sharing screenshots of that close up, as Hank was saying, of, of Layla, you know, with the hashtag like Black Girl Magic and stuff. Like, they, it's just I haven't seen that in, in this type of polished hmm. format with, within a game, you know? It's always usually been like just men with guns. Uh, that's usually it. So that's, it was really cool just to see that actually. Uh, just pe- people getting affected by that and be like, okay, cool, I can see myself represented on the screen. And I, like, I always yeah. get a bit nervous when they release it, so I usually hate it when I watch it, and then I contemplate <laughs> afterwards and like, okay, it was good, it was good. But it's just, it's hard. You should suffer a bit when you watch it, uh, and then sort of take in, if they if the audience like it, then you take it in and just like calm yourself and like, yeah, it was good, it was good, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, and for me, I, I just, uh, I think it was a huge success uh, how it was received. Uh, I think it, usually I would have been in the audience at the Xbox uh, um, event. So uh, it was a bit interesting to to not get the like direct initial reaction. Uh, of course, we did that as well in the feed uh, with the chat, but you know, that was just rambling people. So um i think it was a new way to to uh yeah get used to uh, seeing the, the reactions um 
and and not get it instantly. But that's mm. but that's very unique though. Like I've I've never I've never been part of those things. Like I never like I never been to E3 having a like it must be such a cool thing as being physically experiencing other mm. people. Because you know when you do TV commercials or TV you know shows like you just release it and then people just enjoy it in the privacy of their own home. Like I. I would love to do that. I mean, it's just like, it's a very unique t- type of thing though. Like that we yeah. got to yeah, do, sure. you know, like to be able to experience it, it physically with other people. Like that's not, but it's kind common, of fun to see the feed as well. Like I, I love seeing of how course, they react to things. And then afterwards, like in YouTube comments and such, it's always fun to read what people are doing so, or thinking about it. Yeah. But when it's released, then do you sit in front of your computer with your watch, like, okay, now it's four minutes left and you have a little bottle of champagne and some candy, or or do you watch it afterwards? No, I definitely try to watch it and get the immediate reactions. Like, the Cyberpunk trailer was amazing to watch, and this was fun too, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not not always that there's an event when you release something, so, you know, whatever there is, it's cool. Last but not least, I know that you will answer, sorry, I can't talk about it, but, but I have to ask, but what products are you involved in right now? I wonder. Some cool stuff. <laughs> no, but I, I, this reminds me of when I tried to, like from the beginning of my career, when we, you know, when I went to E3 the first time uh, and we met up with people within the game industry uh, and you asked them, like, what are you working on? And they're like... Uh, the last thing I worked on is this game that's three years old or two years old. And mm. that was kind of the information you, you, you got out of them. And they asked the same thing, like what you're working on. It's like, yeah, we did this trailer that was released nine months ago. So it, it kind of feels like you're living in the past when you're trying to <laughs> to tell people what you're up to. But the only thing I can say that we do, we have some really cool stuff in the pipeline. And uh Hopefully, uh, a few more that we've delivered uh, will go live. Mm. But uh, yeah, Exciting. that's just the that that's just the way of the business or the. the yeah. What I can say is that, that I'm working with Mnet and having a lot of fun. So mm. yeah, yeah, we're yeah we're working on a super exciting cinematic thing that we've been working on some, for quite some time. I can say that. You know, and I'm really sort of savoring mm. the process of it, of making it. And I'm trying to do that, you know, because sometimes you, you chase after the answer is result without like enjoying the process of it. Mm. One of these days, Snails, I'm just going to say what I'm working on. And then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That'll be the day. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, guys, for, for chatting with me about this amazing trailer. Cool. I'm looking forward to having you as guests on Yellowbrick Road again. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. And, and you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, do mail us, as always, if you have questions or suggestions of topics we should discuss. You reach us at podcast at goodbyecancers.com. Until next time, goodbye. Happy and to. Auf Wiederhören. Wie hoch?